It's a funny game, Rugby League, and after six rounds in 2022, every team in the NRL now has a victory after yesterday afternoon. Jackson Hastings slotting the match-winning field goal. The Tigers beating the Parramatta Eels 21-20. to What a game it was. The Tigers were in control for the majority of it, but you just thought the Eels would find a way to win. Wasn't it be? The West Tigers get the two points, and there wasn't... Uh, person that you'd find happier than Michael Maguire and I think that for a lot of people that aren't Tigers fans one of the the things that we like most about the West Tigers is Michael Maguire and the passion that he shows as the head coach and it's just amazing to see some relief on his face and hopefully it's the start of a upward swings for the West Tigers but welcome to Steve's NRL footy tips for round seven I'm your host Stephen Westway Back on a special edition of the show, it is Anzac Day weekend, which means there's two traditional rugby league matches that we're going to cover this weekend. The St. George Euro Dragons versus the Sydney Roosters, what a tradition that is every Anzac Day afternoon, it won't be any different this year, the Dragons coming off a victory, their first in four weeks, so uh, in five weeks I believe actually, so uh, you know... They're going to head into this game full of confidence. The Roosters coming off a good win on Sunday against the Warriors. They didn't get it all their way, but both teams heading into this game with some form. Um, it should be a great game there on Monday afternoon. Following that, we have the other traditional game that's been happening in the last 10 to 15 years, and that's the Melbourne Storm facing the New Zealand Warriors. And if history shows us anything, you can never completely rule out the New Zealand Warriors in that game, but round six was a ga- was a weekend of ups and downs, upsets everywhere. We saw some teams really showcase that they've still got plenty to offer in 2022. The Brisbane Broncos had a really good performance, but you know they were met against the Premiers, and Penrith really asserted their dominance late in that game. The Storm shut down a you know a, a Sharks team that was full of confidence, full of running, and we saw the Dragons and the Tigers get their first wins in a long period of time. So the competition is starting to heat up. A lot happening in Round 7. As I said, it's Anzac Day weekend. Um, but before we get to that and before we discuss all the games of Round 7, I'm going to look at my team of the week and the round that was. Before we get to that, please like Steve's and our all free tips on Facebook. Please subscribe and listen to the podcast, whether you guys listen to your favorite podcast each and every week, whether it be Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcast, or Google Podcast, we're available everywhere where anyone listens to their favorite podcast. All right, let's get to my team of the week for round six, and it was another tough team of the week to gauge. Um, a lot of good players vying for positions, and at fullback, I've gone Kalen Ponga from the Newcastle Knights. I thought that he was fantastic. In a loss, he had a try, a try assist. It was just an all-round good performance, almost 200 metres, and he really led from the front. And for a long period of that game, I thought Newcastle would get up. I tipped them to win against the St. George Euro Dragons. And while they didn't end up getting the job done, Ponga was the man um, that was instrumental in their comeback. And that is fitting, considering the Newcastle Knights have withdrew the offer via reports, and of course Newcastle are denying it, but there's some huge speculation around Ponga's future after 2022, and the Redcliffe Dolphins could be circling, and he could be their marquee player heading into their first inaugural season. So we'll see what happens there with Ponga, but I think that he really stood up and answered on the field, on the, on the field and uh, you know stopped some critics who have been hurling him as not a you know top five or top ten fullback in the NRL, but I think he delivered... Uh, beyond expectations there on Sunday afternoon. In the wings, I've gone Alex Johnson from the Rabbitohs. Two tries. He's the best finisher in the game. And I think he's now seven tries short 
of Nathan Merritt's all-time try-scoring record there for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He's only about 65, I believe it is, away from the all-time record held by Ken Arthur, who has 212 tries. So, you know, he's just a great finisher. He's been a great player for the Rabbitohs for a number of years, and he was at his best on um, Friday afternoon. David Norfolumo is my other winger. I thought he was instrumental in the Tigers' victory um, yesterday afternoon. Um, him and Ken Mamalo are both really good, but I put da- David Norfolumo in there. In the centres, I've gone Sifa uh, Talakai. He's made my team of the week several times in 2022, but he's just playing some great football there at Cronulla. In the centres, he's been damaging, and... You know, I know Connor Tracy is a talented young player, and I really rate him, but it's going to be hard to displace Talakai uh, from the centres there for Cronulla. He's flying at the moment, and he's really making that position his own. My other centre, I've gone Justin Olin from Melbourne. He was fantastic um, on Saturday night, and both centres are really good in that game, but Olin, two tries, uh, showed why he was one of the centres of the year last season with Matt Burden, um, an unsung hero there at Melbourne, and he's at his best for sure on Saturday in the house, I've gone Cameron Munster for Melbourne. I think he had his best game that he's had in several years there on Saturday night. He was the outstanding scorer, tried, set another one up, and just looked dangerous and looked like he was going to be the match winner every time he touched the football. He was electric, Cameron Munster, and that's a really worrying sign for New South Wales because he's hitting some really good form. Um, just like Caelan Ponga, his contract situation's up in the air at the moment, so playing good football will help him throughout the year, and I think that he's going to be... You know, obviously the X factor for Melbourne as they try to win uh, the premiership at the back end of the year. Nathan Cleary is my halfback of the week. I think he had easily his best game in 2022 so far in his third game of the season. uh, Inspirational in that victory over the Brisbane Broncos and that comeback in the second half. Free try assist, uh, controlled the game well with his kicking game. He had to be there in the team of the week this week, Nathan Cleary. In the forward pack, I've gone Alex 12 from the Tigers, another unsung hero. I think he made about 150 metres, 40-plus tackles. Um, really good in the Tigers' victory over the Eels. And Scott Sorensen from the Panthers. Now, this guy obviously came over to Penrith in 2021 um, from Cronulla and was looking for a more regular first-grade opportunities. And he's come back in. He's come into a winning system. I mean, the culture at Penrith is contagious, and I think he's playing some really good football in the back of that. He scored a try on the weekend, over 200 metres. It was maybe Scott Sorensen's best performance of his NRL career so far, so well done, Sorensen. In the second row, I've gone Hemian Olukowatu, yet again from Manly. He's been one of their best players all year, and he stepped up again again in that victory over the Titans on on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Um, scored a try. He looked really good for out and uh, is really cementing his spot as one of the best second rolls in the competition at the moment. The other second row also um, a player with an enormous potential, and that's Liam Martin from Penrith. He also scored a try, looked really good, and just looked damaging every time he ran the ball. So a big raps on Martin as well. Jason Tamalolo is my lock of the week. 255 metres, um, 30 tackles. When Tamalolo's at his best, the Cowboys are at their best, and it was a great come from behind victory against the Canberra Raiders, and I didn't tip the Cowboys. As I said, I predicted them to win the Wooden Spoon this year, but if Tamalolo's playing his best football, they're going to win a lot of footy games. On the bench, I've gone Isaiah Yo from Penrith. Two try assists, 150 metres, 35 tackles. It's just a standard performance by Isaiah Yo at this point, and he's been outstanding all season. Dylan Walker from Manly takes a spot. He's been great as a utility for him. Ben Hunt from the Dragons makes my bench. I think that he's been the best player all year, and he really led him around well and was inspirational in that victory on Sunday afternoon. And Jackson Hastings is the last bench player from the West Tigers um, 
really straightened the Tigers' attack. They look a lot better with him running the show, and Luke Brooks even looked better playing his natural game. And then, of course, the game winner from Jackson Hastings. Just a really good performance uh, that guided the Tigers to their first victory of the season on Monday afternoon. So that is my team of the week for round six. I did get five out of eight footy tips correct in round six after an eight out of eight perfect score. Um in round five, so not the week that I was looking for, but I'm hoping to bounce back this week. It takes my overall total to the year for 38, if you include the two bonus points that you get. You get 10 for getting a perfect round, but 36 out of 48 correct predictions this year, so sitting at 75%. I'm happy with that after the first six rounds, but let's hope we can improve it in round seven, and it's going to be a huge week, and the action all kicks off this Thursday night. And the Round 7 action all kicks off on Thursday night at 7.50 from Point Bet Stadium up there at Cronulla when the Cronulla Sharks host the Manly Seagulls. This game, uh, there could be an upset on the cards because Cronulla, it was a valiant effort against Melbourne on Saturday night. They end up losing the game pretty comfortably in the end. And I think the scoreline kind of flattered. Uh, the Sharks, to be honest, a little bit, because Melbourne were in control uh, in that second half. The Cronulla just couldn't stay with them, but they were definitely in the game in the first half. But there is some key omissions in this Cronulla side this week. Toby Rudolph and Aiden Tolman will be the starting props because Dale Finucane will not play after a concussion early in that defeat to Melbourne on Saturday night. Braden Hamlin-Ueli is going to be out for long-term, three months on the sideline. And they're going to have to back up quickly. It's on Thursday night. It's the opening game of the week. Uh, Five-game, five-day turnaround after a, a grueling match down there in Melbourne. Never a good sign. And for the Manly Seagulls, they've now won four games in a row. They're travelling very nicely. Tom Trojevich has been out of the team in the past two weeks um, as he gets ready to return from the MCL in a couple of weeks' time. But they haven't let that affect them at all. Ruben Garrick's been really good at fullback. Guys like... Um, Guys like Koala and uh, some young guys have, have like Lawton and, and, and Dylan Walker have all done their jobs um, as utilities for the club. And I think that they're really starting to get some confidence. Daily Cherry Evans starting to play some really good football. Um, Hamlin Okolato has been an absolute standout in the past two seasons, but he's looking like he's playing some really good football. And their forward pack has really muscled up in the last few weeks. They're going to be out uh, without Alloway and Kepi this week, but they put guys like... Um, to PR coming back from COVID. They've got Kurt D. Lewis on the bench. So they're still bringing in some big boppers. And, uh, you know, on Thursday night, it's going to be a big test for Manly because this year so far, and, and obviously last year as well, they've been identified by a number of critics as teams that can only beat the teams lower than them. And, you know, while Cronulla might not be genuine premiership heavyweights at the moment they're certainly on the rise and they're in that second tier kind of level as teams could really upset some of these favorites and potentially you know go a long way in september and october themselves so uh big test for manly Cronulla are going to be up for it as i mentioned craig Fitzgibbon wouldn't be happy with how far they fell in that second half i thought they were really in the grind and it was a great game of football in the first half but Cronulla just uh but melbourne just showed their class and their experience in the second half and i think that guys like kennedy and nico hines will take a lot from that second half and really learn it as kind of a driving factor and they just need to be better 
uh, with the football and hand Cronulla because if they make mistakes, Melbourne are going to make them pay. And I think that's a really learned, a really big lesson for them. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. Seafart Talakai is playing good football for Cronulla out there in the centres. I think he's found his position. He's been electric the last few weeks. Um, so they've got plenty of fires. PR still Cronulla. Cameron McInnes will get his first start in lock for the season, which was originally what he was going to play. But I just think without Fanukin and Hamian Newelli there, they might struggle to make metres against this big Manly forward pack. And I think if Manly can get over the top of Cronulla early, then we could see a potential upset on the cards. I just think that last week took a bit out of Cronulla. I think they're going to take a week or two to reset. I still think they're a genuine top four chance, and I think they will finish higher than Manly on the ladder at the end of the season if I had to predict it right now. But I just think Manly is starting to get some real confidence. Four wins in a row, as I said. Their captain and halfback playing some good footy, and if they can get behind him and learn how to win without Tom Sarovic, when Tommy comes back, it won't be past the Tommy ball. He'll just be an extra fixture and an extra unit, um, You know, obviously an X-factor for them that they need, but he won't be the guy that they're turning to in every you know available attacking opportunity. So I'm liking what I'm seeing at the moment for Manly. I just think they're... Both of these teams are really kind of grizzled sides that like to get into the fight, like to get into the grind. And it's just going to be a test of whoever can win that advantage, that forward battle early. And I just think at the moment that Cronulla, as I mentioned, they're still a team learning. Um, I've still got issues with Matt Moylan and Heinz combination. Nico's got a lot of pressure under him, and he's played great so far this season. But I think Matt Moylan has to do more to help him out. And I just think that Manly have the experience factor um, while these guys are still kind of learning to play with each other at Cronulla. And I just think that Des has the loves these grindy, you know, grizzled performances from his club. And I think that they're just going to get over the top of the Cronulla um, through that middle of the field. And I think it will be a low-scoring game on Thursday night. But I've got the advantage with Manly. I'm going to go Manly by four points in an upset. And I just think that Cronulla, as I mentioned, they're still going to be a threat for sure. But I think last Saturday night took a bit out of them. I think it's going to take a couple of weeks for them to get back into their mojo and um, this will be Craig Fitzgibbon's real first challenge of his career but I've got Manly by four points in a grind match um, low scoring encounter on Thursday night there is a change in schedule this week as the traditional Anzac games have made it so that there's only one Friday night game this weekend but it's a big one 7.55pm up there at Suncorp Stadium so Brisbane Broncos hosting the Canterbury Bulldogs these two teams last met in round two, and it's the Brisbane Broncos getting the win that night. But that game was marked in controversy due to some referee decisions. It's a big game again in round seven. The Broncos, they've won two games, but they've really taken it to two of the heavyweights in the competition in the last fortnight, the, Bris- uh, the Sydney Roosters and the Penrith Panthers, especially in the first half in both of those games. Penrith last week got away late and scored some points that really, you know, made the Broncos look bad to the scoreline, but Brisbane were in that game for a long period of time, and the Roosters really left it late two weeks ago to get over the top of Brisbane, but I really like uh, the way that they're playing their football in 2022, and you can't question the effort of this Brisbane Broncos side, which is not something we could say in the last two to three years, so I'm really thinking Brisbane are on the up, and I think they've got some wins in them in 22, but they're versing a team in the Canterbury Bulldogs that, you know, they're going to be desperate for a win, they're going to be out... Um, to try to get their second win of the season. It's been five losses on the trot now. Trent Barrett's really got to be starting to feel the pressure. And they scored the first try early against South Sydney on Friday night in that traditional Good Friday game. And that sin bin um, really changed the course of the game um, when 
Jeremy Marshall King went to the bin for repeated infringements. And, you know, the South Sydney Rabbitohs end up scoring three tries in that 10-minute period. And Bulldogs just couldn't get him back into the game. But it just shows you that they're really also going to be up to the fight for the majority of this year. I mean, for most of the six rounds, they've been very competitive, apart from that Melbourne Storm game. And I just got to say that I think this is going to be another tight game. Both of these teams are desperate for points. Um, the Broncos have just a mass... Um, changes this weekend. I mean, they're boosted by the return of their forward leader and their best player, Payne Huss. He's going to make a huge difference to their forward pack. And they aimed up against Penrith last week, but I think they'll be better this week. They also boosted by the return of Hermie Farnsworth that comes back into the centres. But um, Jake Turbin's been dropped. Corey Pax will be the new hooker. Tyson Gamble has been promoted to the 5A position. Billy Walters has gone back to the bench. So, and Thomas Flegger's back on the bench as well. But the Big change and the big news. T. Marie Martin, who uh, initially had to retire um, due to some, um, he, he got he got didn't get clear for training back in 2020 because of bleeding in his brain, and everybody just assumes unfortunately that would be the end of his career. And he had a, he was a player with a lot of potential there. Um, I mean, he's still only 26 years of age, but to see him retire at 24 years old. Um, he was already a New Zealand representative that time. It was devastating. But he is going to complete a remarkable return to the NRL this weekend. It is the fairy tale of the story of the week, in my opinion. And it's great to see him back in the NRL. And he gets his chance at fullback in this Brisbane Broncos side because Tessie New is out. And, you know, it's a big opportunity for him to really showcase that he's still got plenty to offer in the top grade in rugby league. And I hope he goes well because it's just a great story to see a guy that, you know, he himself thought that he would never play NRL again. He gets a second chance and a second life at the dream that he's been chasing his whole life. And it's really inspirational to see. So I hope uh, Martin goes really good at the fullback position there. The Bulldogs have named a pretty similar side to last week. No real huge changes apart from Braden Burns, who... um, is going to be out for a while, I believe, with a hamstring injury. Aaron Shoup will come into the centres, and he's a promising young player with Naden still keeping that uh, wing spot. And uh, Jake Averillo comes on in, in the other centres position as well. So a little bit of a change in the back line for the Bulldogs. But as I said, both of these two teams are going to be very desperate for the points. I mean, for the Bulldogs to go one win out of their first seven would be devastating. They now find themselves back on the bottom of the ladder. And for a team that had so much promise at the start of the season, I personally said that it would be a week-in, week-out proposition for whether the Bulldogs will be competitive in each match this season. Um, but at the moment, they just got to find a way um, to score more points. I mean, Flanagan's been a revelation since returning back to the team, and it's good to see him and Burden starting to get a combination. But I don't think they're too far away from a win if they can just... Um, keep doing what they're doing, finding ways to score points and just keep being aggressive in defense. And um, I think they really uh, put South Sydney off their game in several um, opportun- in several occasions last Friday night. But that sin bin really was the uh, Achilles heel for the Bulldogs. And if that didn't happen, I think we might have seen a different result. The Bulldogs might end up upsetting South Sydney. So um, big game this weekend. I think in front of a home crowd, I'm going to have to lean towards the Brisbane Broncos. I mean, um, Adam Reynolds is going to make a difference making it with his kicking game. It'll be a good battle between him and Flanagan. It'll be interesting to see how Gamble goes as well. And um, when you look at it, Reynolds is really the only remaining man from this uh, spine that started the season for Brisbane. So um, I just think that the battle is going to be one in the forwards pack. And I think Corey Jensen did a good job against Penrith last week. Him and Payne Huss um, 
are going to be influential in, in Brisbane's performance. Likewise, Thompson and Vaughan for the Bulldogs. But I just think that Brisbane are a team that are playing together and uh, feel more comfortable around each other. And the Bulldogs are still learning um, how to get the best out of this squad. We haven't seen the best from the likes of Tavita Pengai Jr. this year. Matt Dufty hasn't really got involved as much as we would like, even though it's a better performance last week. So I still think the Bulldogs are learning how to win with this squad, and I think that Brisbane are just a little bit further along at the moment. I've got Brisbane by 10 points, but I think it's definitely a game that could go either way, and I think that the loser of this game could be in some big trouble in relation to the rest of their 2022 season. And here's where I've got a bone to pick with the NRL because it is time for my favourite time of the week, Super Saturday, but it's not that super of a Saturday this week. Just like last week, there's only two games of football on, on Saturday afternoon, and I, for one, love my three games of footy a week, and... I know that you've got your Easter fixtures and your Anzac Day fixtures, but taken from other games in the week, taken from the Sunday games, leave my Saturday afternoon football as it is. It's one of the highlights of my week. I love Super Saturday, and stop messing with an NRL. You're going to make an enemy from me. <laughs> but uh, the first game of Saturday afternoon football takes place at Queensland Country Bank Stadium at 5.30 when the North Queensland Cowboys host the Gold Coast Titans. And just look at this game. Look how hard this game is to tip. I mean, both of these teams have been very inconsistent in 2022, but I think it's the North Queensland Cowboys that have been playing the better brand of football, and that is surprising for me. I thought they'd really struggle in 2022. They find themselves in a position near um, the Bulldog, uh, the sorry, the Cowboys, where they've won three games, lost three games. Not a bad start to the year at all, and they can really take a positive um, winning percentage this week. They're versing a struggling Titans team, and. The Cowboys, I don't think many people predicted them to get up over the Raiders last week, and especially when they were losing that game 12-0. But it was a great comeback, led by the front by Jason Tamalolo. I mean, he made 250 metres, over 30 tackles. That's what you want to see from Tamalolo. 70 minutes, a big stint. And if he can play like that every week, then I think the Cowboys are going to win more games than they lose. I really like the inclusion of Scott Drinkwater out the back for them as well. I know you've got uh, the hammer in the reserves this week, and he could very well make a return to this team. But I just think that they're um, really overachieved this year, the Cowboys. And I think some of these young guys like Griffin Neem, Helium Lukey, um, and uh, Jeremiah Nenai, um, Tom Gilbert. I mean, there's a lot of young guys that I feel like we haven't that we're starting to see how good they can be, and I'm really excited to see the development of their careers as the season and the next couple of seasons go, because the Cowboys' forward pack, I think this season's been underrated by myself included. They're really starting to form a force where they're not going to be made. You've got to earn your victory against the Cowboys when you verse them, and um, you've got to get in there and do the hard work, and I just don't think that the Titans have really done that at all this season. I mean... They were in the game from a late comeback against Manly, but in that first half, they just did not respect the opposition. They didn't respect the football. Their handling was poor, and Manly made them pay. And, um, you know, it's gonna, it's always going to be hard when you've got Brimson and Sexton that haven't really played together in the halves before. They're a young um, bunch of playmakers. Aaron Clark hasn't played much football. Um, you know, it, it, it's, been, it's, it's been a tough season for them, and... Jaden Campbell's going to boost their attack. He's in the reserves this week, but Asako hasn't really been the answers. I expect a, a late backline shuffle, especially when you've got Campbell, as I mentioned, in the reserves. Corey Thompson's in the reserves as well. Um, 
I don't know if Marzal and Sammy are the, center, are the wingers that I'm picking. I think Corey Thompson's got to be in that lineup. Campbell's got to be in that lineup. Do you move a psycho? Do you put him back to the bench? Do you drop him? Kevin Proctor's also not featured in the um, in the 17. But I think that's just more so a reflection of um, how poor some of these forwards for, for Gold Coast have been in terms of Kevin Proctor. He's paying the price for a... Uh, a lackluster bunch of performances. Fafita's not getting any football. When he does, he's looking like the best player in the field, but he's not getting enough footy, and you know he's not searching for enough football. Firma hasn't been lighting the world on fire in the last couple of years, uh, last couple of weeks. Mo Fodawake is not playing as good as we've seen him play in the NRL. So I'm just really worried about the future of this Gold Coast organisation at the moment. They need to find some ways to win. And I know all the talk's been on coaches like Michael McGuire, Anthony Griffin, Trent Barrett, but I think some of the talk has to come to Justin Holbrook because, for me, this Gold Coast Titans team's really a team that should be playing finals football. If you look at their squad on paper this year, um, they've got some exciting propositions. Their playmakers aren't where I want them to be, but they should be going much better than they are so far this season. They find themselves with two wins. They should probably be lucky to find themselves with that many wins so far this season. But I really think the Cowboys are just... When I look at the teams that are really competing in games and showing up for, for their teammates, I'm looking at the individuals at the Cowboys much more than I'm looking at the individuals at the Gold Coast Titans at the moment. And I'm almost at the point where I think the Titans might be in um, you know panic station mode at the moment and, and you know press the red button. We've got cause for alarm because the Titans are not travelling anywhere near. I thought they'd be travelling in 2022. I didn't have them as finalists but I really thought that'd be in contention. And at the moment, so far in 2022, I haven't seen that. So they need a big performance. And I think Holbrook knows that this week against the Cowboys side. It's a very winnable game for the Titans. But I just think the Cowboys, um, as I said, they're competing in every play. I really like the brand of footy they're playing. I think Dearden and Chad Townsend have surprisingly been a really good combination for him. And I think Scott Drinkwater adds a little bit of an X factor. So if you put the hammer back in the side, I think you've got to keep a spot for Drinkwater. Maybe put hammer back into the centers. Um, Holmes is playing some good football as well. I've just got the Cowboys being too good in this game. I've got the Cowboys by 18 points. And if you asked me if I'd pre- who I'd predict in this game a month ago, I probably would have said the Titans by plenty. But that's just not what I've seen in 2022. And it's really disappointing on the Titans end because at some point, um, this Titans team really has to be competitive for a long period of time. Or we can just say that this Gold Coast Titans team from the last 15 years has never really worked out. So um, Holbrook, he knows that those guys need to step up. Um, will they this week? Remain to be seen, but I've just got the Cowboys um, being too good in this match. And the 7.35 game on Saturday night features the West Tigers hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs from Combank Stadium at Parramatta. And as I mentioned to kick off the show this week, how good was it to see the Tigers get their first victory of the season? Michael Maguire had said that... Um, their effort had been there all season, and they, he knew that this team was going to be up and ready for a big performance. They did do that. They defeated the Eels, an unlikely scenario, on Monday afternoon. And Jackson Hastings really was a big difference maker in the halfback position. I mean, he made some poor reads, some poor judgments, um, like all halfbacks do. But he really stood up when it mattered. He really straightened the West Tigers' attack. And Luke Brooks looked a lot better in that 5-8 position. And he threw a great ball, Luke Brooks, for one of the Tigers' tries there. So um, promising signs there. As I mentioned, Hastings, he kicked that match-winning field goal. The pressure is still going to be on their halves this week. Still going to be on Michael Maguire. Um, it earned them a little bit of a reprieve. But at the end of the day, the Tigers are still only 1-1 one, one game. And this weekend is not going to be any easier for them because they're versing a South Sydney Rabbitohs side that we haven't seen their best football so far this season. But... 
despite that, their 50% winning record, they sit with three wins now, three losses after a one out of four start to the season. And as I mentioned, they weren't at their best last weekend against the Dogs on Friday night, but they uh, they got the job done. They did what they had to do, and I'm really liking the involvement from Blake Taff in the fullback position. I mean, Latrell Mitchell's a loss um, always, but I think Taff's done a remarkable job stepping in there in the last... Um, in the finals campaign in 2021 and so far this season. Cody Walker's um, starting to get a little bit more confidence, which is good to see after his slow start to the season. I thought Ilias had another good game there on Friday night. And um, Damian Cook and Cam Murray, like they've been doing for five-plus years at this point, have just led the team um, through some tough times. And Cook, his first hat-trick last Friday afternoon, it was just outstanding to see. He's playing some great football, his best for several seasons, and he's really started to become the man there at South Sydney with Cam Murray, who's just lead leading the front for, as I mentioned, five years now. So um, I really think that uh, South's a little bit of an underrated team at the moment. As I said, they're not playing great football. Um, they're making the most errors in the game but they're also getting the most tackles in the opposition's 20. So that just shows you if South City can hang on to the ball for a longer period of time, they can score a lot more points and um, really trouble some of the heavyweights in this competition. They just have to get there. They have to overcome um, whatever mental battle they're playing where they make so many mistakes. And um, I know they want to play free-flowing football um, and get the likes of you know some of their big forwards like King Kalomatungi and Jai Aaron Space and get it out to, to Walker as well so he can put guys in space out there in the, on the left edge for South Sydney. But overall, if they hang on to the football more, they're going to have some much more impressive performances to come. We have definitely not seen the best of South Sydney. Uh, for the Tigers, as I mentioned, it doesn't get any easier, but I thought they were great on the weekend. Alex 12 really read this forward pack. Um with some great authority there from the bench. He had a lot to him, but I think Musgrove and Tamo laid a good platform, and that's what the Tigers need to do every week. They need their forwards to compete and really give uh, Hastings and Brooks some space and take the pressure off them a little bit so they can play their natural brand of football. I'd like to see Dane Laurie still getting involved a little bit more um, when they're on attack, and because we know how electric he can be. I don't think we've seen his best football um, this season. A little bit of second-year syndrome there at the moment, in my opinion, but... Um, as I mentioned, they're a team that's going to get a lot of confidence from that win yesterday afternoon. Can they carry it into a win this weekend? I don't think so. As I mentioned, I just think that CFs um, have won half their games without hanging on to the football. And as I mentioned, they, they always seem to be in the opposition um, 20, and it's just a matter of whether they can score and they hang on to the football. They're going to score more tries and have a little bit more firepower than the West Tigers do at the moment. I've got CF Sydney by 12 points. But I think the Tigers will be in the fight for a long period of time. I just think South Sydney uh, will get over the top of them near the end of the game. How good is the return of 2pm Sunday afternoon football? And this week, it'll kick off and the Newcastle Knights host the Parramatta Eels up there at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. Um, they are boosted this week by the return of Adam Clune, their traditional hardback. And they, don't they need him because it's now four losses on the trot there for the Newcastle Knights after being two from two to start the season. The wheels have well and truly f fell off. I mean, we're still seeing some good performances. I thought Caleb Bonger was really good in defeat there um, on Sunday afternoon and really showed why he can be an asset for any club um, that is going to end up with him beyond this season. Brabham Best really had a good game. He had in their centres. Him and Dan Gay are always a threat there for Newcastle. And I thought that Tyson Frizzell probably had his best performance of the season as well in the second row. And 
Um, you know, they almost got home, but the Dragons were a bit too good there at Wynn Stadium on Sunday afternoon. They versus an Eels side that would have been shocked uh, by the defeat yesterday, Arvo, against the Tigers. And this is just classic Parramatta for me. I mean, I said they're going to make the grand final this season. I said it will be a complete disappointment this season if they can't get to the big dance after so many years of coming close. Um, but really, this is what we've grown to expect from Parramatta over the last 20 years. And they lose the games they should win, and they need to be better consistently if they're going to be a threat for this premiership. Because on Monday afternoon, they did not respect their opponent. They did not respect the football in terms of possession. And they just thought it was going to be an easy win for them. And guess what? They got a, the shock of their lives where the Tigers showed up and really took the sword to them. And the, the Eels couldn't stay composed. They were forced in the past too much. And they just could not turn the wave of momentum that the Tigers had earned early in that game. And they've got to be better all around. Brad Arthur basically said the same thing in the press conference, that they've got to learn um, how to win those games. And they've got to respect their opposition no matter who they're play, playing or they will pay the price. So, um, you know, there was still some good performances. I mean, I think that Papa Lee, he was strong. Mitchell Moses started the game off really strong. And Dylan Brown had a good performance. But overall, I don't think they were there out there with the mindset of um, of of having a good performance. I think they were at the mindset that the Tigers were going to be pushovers and they were going to get the two points easy, and it was not that way at all. So um, give all the credit to the world for the Tigers for a good performance. But Parramatta were very poor yesterday afternoon. They've got to be better um, if they're going to be a threat for the Premiership. And I know it's early, only early days, but if you get those bad habits and don't perform every week, then... You know, how are you going to perform at the back end of the season? So they need to be better overall. I think they know that. I don't think that, you know, one game is really going to deter this Parramatta side and the confidence that they've formed over the first six weeks of the competition. They have win, won four games. They lost to the Sharks, who are, you know, playing great football, and they lost to a determined Tigers side. So um, if they lose a couple more in a row and they lose this game to Newcastle, I'll be worried. But I don't see that happening. I think that the Eels will be us back pretty strong this week. I mean... For me, Campbell Gillard is still playing a good brand of football as well, and I think the likes of him and Papa Lee and Nathan Brown and even Junior Paulo as well are going to be a handful for this Newcastle forward pack. And, you know, there are workhorses, the, the Knights, Clemmer, um, Frizzell, Brody Jones, Kurt Meehan, but they aren't exactly the most star-studded forward pack in the competition. And, you know, Clifford and Clune, they're only young halves, they're still learning. Um, but I really think if Newcastle or any chance this week, it's got to be on the back of Ponga. And that forward pack led by Clemmer and Frizzell really have to step up and really um, find a way to upset Parramatta and put them off their natural game. Because I think Parramatta will come out the tournament this week to uh, to really stop the talk of them being premiership pretenders and, and really uh, be determined to make up for a very disappointed, uh, disappointing performance last week. So I've got Parramatta being too strong this game. I've got Parramatta by 24 um, as I mentioned, yesterday afternoon was worrying, but I'm not too worried yet to the point where I think that the Parramatta could be in long-term uh, trouble from losing to the West Tigers. But it is, uh, it's concerning, but I think the Eagles will bounce back this week. The second game of Sunday afternoon football takes place from 4 p.m. at Blue Bet Stadium up there in Penrith when the Penrith Panthers host the Canberra Raiders. The Panthers still the only team undefeated in the NRL. They're flying at the moment. They were not at their best in the first half against Brisbane. Brisbane really didn't let them play well, but as their game progressed, you just knew that Penrith's class would come out, and really they blew Brisbane off the park in the second half, a dominating 40-12 to victory in the end. And um, they're versing a Canberra Raiders side this week that 
I don't even know where to start with them. I mean, they were in control early on in the game against the Cowboys last week, 12-0 up, but they're just lacking something at the moment. They're lacking fight. They're just, I don't know what to say about them because they should be really going a lot better than they are, but they're just lacking any kind of composure to go on and finish games off. And um, it, it's almost like they fall asleep, the Raiders, and just don't, they, they get in the lead and think it'll be enough to win and don't really... Um, playing every moment and and Ricky Stewart and Jack White and both said there's players out there that are just not holding their weight and just not performing and it's true especially defensively um, one set they're up and they're energised the next set they don't seem to be there at all they don't they don't seem like they want to be on the football field and that's really worrying for Ricky Stewart because I mean it's been a tough couple of seasons up there for Canberra and I thought 2022 would be the season I think I predicted them to finish ninth, but I think I thought it would be the season where they'd really start to turn things around there Canberra and at the moment, I'm not seeing a huge sign, uh, signs that they are. The promising signs for them, of course, have been their halves this year. I think Wyden's starting to play some really good football um, yet again, like he did in the 2019 and 2020. And I think Snyder's been a really good revelation. He's a really young, promising um, playmaker that I think is going to have a big career in the NRL um, over the next five to ten seasons. But, yeah, overall, I'm really worried about this, this Raiders top side. It's kind of like I am with Gold Coast. They're just not playing to their potential. They need to be better. They should be better on paper. So, um, Jared Croker, poor Jared Croker, still can't get a run in first grade. Um, Xavier Savage has been pushed out there to the wing this week. A clog stabs out with an injury. So, Jordan Ruffin is going to play fullback. Um, but, just like he did last week, I believe. But, really, yeah, I... I just don't know what to think of this this Raiders side, and I don't know how anyone can say that they can compete with what we've seen from Penrith so far this year. I mean, Cleary's starting to play, get back to his best form. Uh, best form, I think it was his best performance in 2022 last weekend. Three tries, assists, really controlled the game well, and um, you know the rest of the team's just firing at the moment as well. When you got guys like Isaac Targo and Taylor May that hadn't played any NRL before this season, and now they're two of the informed players in the competition. Dylan Edwards is getting better each week, it almost seems like, in the fullback position. And guys like Fisher-Harris and Scott Sorensen and Matt Eisenhoff are really just all doing their part and, and making some big metres in the middle of the field for Penrith. And with the quick play of the balls and the momentum that they can get so quickly, Penrith, teams just can't compete with them at the moment and they're just on another level Penrith and I just don't see Canberra getting anywhere near them um, I think Penrith, the only thing I could say about Penrith and that could accuse is they could really um, you know just kind of float in and out of this game because they might not respect Canberra and if that happens then I think that um, you know Canberra can make a game of it but I just don't see any chance that, that Penrith lose this game. I've got Penrith by 24 points, and um, unfortunately for Ricky Stewart and his Raiders, I just don't know what has to change in it. And I can't see it. I don't know if Ricky Stewart can see it. I don't even know if the fans can see what Canberra are doing wrong at the moment. But I think the main thing is commitment, and they've got to be there and, and, and competing in each play, which they're currently not. So um, worrying signs for the Canberra for sure. All right, time for some Anzac Day full point. I hope everybody enjoys it this year. I hope they... Everybody's very respectful. Um, Anzac Day, I think, is one of the great days of, of the calendar here for Australia, and I think that, and, and and New Zealand as well. And I think it's a real good day to, you know, pay your respects for everybody that has fought for this country in the past. And I just love the energy of the day. And this game between the St George Island Dragons and the Sydney Roosters from the Sydney Cricket Ground at four pm is usually just got such a great atmosphere to it. Um, a lot of excitement in the air, a lot of energy. 
Um, it's even better when both of these teams are playing really well. And um, I don't think we've seen the best of either one of these teams this season. But I think that um, it will be such a good atmosphere up there on Monday afternoon. And I hope that everybody, you know, does the right thing if you're in the crowd. Pay your respects. Be quiet. Let the minute um, go by without saying a word. And then enjoy some great high-quality football. Um as if anyone's playing two up, I hope it's a successful day. I hope it's a responsible day for you. But um, I'm really excited for this game. The Dragons versus the Roosters, as I mentioned, Sunday afternoon. The Dragons, they, they got the win on the board um, by any means necessary. Really last Sunday at Wynn Stadium, they're still not playing very good footy, in my opinion. Ben Hunt really has lifted and elevated this uh, this Dragons team this year. And he had to do it again on Sunday afternoon. Um they celebrate it like they won the grand final. I know they're excited to get a win, but you know the Lomax, uh, the Lomax jump on Frizzell after the Dragons scored. It's not a good look at, the, at all there for St George and for a team, in my opinion, that hasn't really accomplished anything this season. Um, they seem to be getting ahead of themselves with the celebrations a little bit, but that's just my opinion on the Dragons. But they just have to play better consistently. They made a lot of handling errors again on. Um, on Sunday afternoon, they push the pass a lot, and they've got a lot to be a lot better if they're going to be competitive against the Roosters side that hasn't really got out of second gear themselves this season. Um, I want to see them be a little bit more consistent as well. Walker and Kiri still haven't found their footing together as a half combination, and Teddy, um, you know, while he's you know New South Wales captain, going to be the first picked. I don't think we've seen his best football so far this season either. So um, their big guns, while they're not firing, they're doing enough to help elevate the the roosters to the to you know getting some wins on the board i think they've now won what three in a row um so they're starting to play a little bit more consistent brand of footy but um like so many trent Robinson teams in the past they're really building into their season and i don't think we've seen the best of what they've got to offer yet in 2022 they were my premiership prediction they still are my premiership prediction to be honest but um they're really you know, slowly building and slowly starting to find some form. And um, for the Dragons, that should be a worrying thing because they've won three in a row and we haven't even seen a glimpse of their best football at the moment. And for the Dragons, um, I just, you know, this forward pack, um, you look at it on paper, you've got guys like Molo, George Burgess off the bench, but like uh, Kerr, DeBell and Sua Sims, they should really be able to take it to the Roosters early and feel that energy um, that is so prevalent every year at Anzac Day and really get the Dragons back some room to really make a game out of this contest. But I don't know if they're going to be able to. Um, I mean, as I mentioned, usually the first 10, 15 minutes of this game, it's always uh, got fireworks, always got high energy. Um, But as the game wears on, I really worry about the Dragons' ability to compete in this contest. Look, they're going to take confidence from that Newcastle game, and I'm, I'm glad they won that game because it makes this game a little bit more special. We don't want to see a, a Dragons team that loses by 50 on Anzac Day running out there because that's just not on the spirit of this occasion. You want a, game, a good game of football on the Anzac Day, but yeah, I just think the Roosters are going to be too strong in the back stages of these contests, and I think this is really going to be a defining performance for the Roosters in 2022 and probably for the Dragons in 2022 in terms of their performances. The Dragons can get over the top of the Roosters early, as I mentioned. Um, it can really make a big statement to the rest of the competition and really get them back into, you know, finals contention and up near that top eight after seven rounds. But if the Roosters can start playing their best football, then it's really a warning shot to the rest of the competition. I think that's going to happen. I've got the Roosters by 16 points. I think uh, as the, the halves tie down, 
um, and the emotion and the energy he gets out of these contests, I think the Roosters will really prove that they're just a bit too classy for St. George. And um, I'm still not convinced at all from what I'm seeing by the St. George or Dragons in 2022 so far. Which leads us to the second traditional Anzac game that we see every year, and it's the Melbourne Storm hosting the New Zealand Warriors down there at Amy Park. And both of these teams, they have pretty similar lineups to last week with the inclusion of Jesse Bromwich and Kenny Bromwich back into the Melbourne Storm lineups after the COVID protocols uh, stopped them from playing in their victory over the Sharks last Saturday night. But uh, the Storm, as I said, they're just too classy against Cronulla on Saturday night. And they were really up for the contest, Cronulla. You could see it early in that game. Dale Finucane was a huge loss with that early HIA. And they were in the game big time and half time. But the Melbourne Storm that we saw in the second half... Um, is really just a credit to how Craig Bellamy can get his team up and just show that they're still, you know, one of the heavyweights of this competition. They're always going to be heavyweights of this competition while Craig Bellamy's at the helm. And, um, you know, what is there to say? Cameron Munster had one of his best games of his career. He was the outstanding. I thought that uh, guys like Papa Hughes and Hughes and Grant really didn't have to get out of second year because Munster was really the conductor on Saturday night, playing some great football. Their forward pack really st- stepped up. I think Nelson at Sofa Solomon was really good. So was Felice Cafusi. I think he had his best performance of the year. Um, and yeah, you know, it's just next man up if, if people are out from COVID or anything for Melbourne and they're versing a Warriors side that, um, you know, they... Last week, you know, they were up for the fight for a big period of the game against the Roosters, but... You know, again, class a bit too classy, the Roosters. They got the job done near the back end of the day uh, of the game. But I think there's been definite improvement over the past few weeks from Nathan Brown's squad. And, um, you know, Sean Johnson's definitely improved this Warriors side and really led them forward in the in a positive direction over the past few weeks. But um, they, they still get tied and, and, and get tied up the middle pretty quickly, the Warriors. And I think that Melbourne can really expose that this week. I'm worried about the Warriors' ability to... Um, you know, stay up to the fight for 80 minutes. And just like the Dragons Roosters, even though that's got a little bit more of a traditional um, feel to it, that game, I think the Warriors can really be spurred on by the emotion and the energy of the uh, the Anzac Day celebrations. Um, and they can stay competitive early in this game, but I just think that Melbourne are going to be too classy and, um, you know, Bellamy's really going to have them up. And it's not, it doesn't take much to get up for an Anzac game. And I just think that Melbourne at the moment, are flying a lot better than, than the Warriors are. And I think that they're the Penrith's biggest threat at the moment, Melbourne. I mean, the Roosters, as we mentioned, they haven't played their best football. I think they're still my grand final prediction, my premier prediction. And, and same as teams like Parramatta and Cronulla. Obviously, they've had some setbacks recently. But Melbourne, I think, are just growing every week, just starting to play some a real consistent brand of high-quality football. And I don't know if many teams would be able to match them for 80 minutes, and that's how I feel about the Warriors this week. I've got the uh, Storm by 18 points, but I do think that the Warriors are improving in 2022 under Nathan Brown. So those are my tips for Round 7 of the NRL Telstra Premiership. And just to recap, on Thursday night, I've got the Manly Seagulls upsetting the Cronulla Sharks in the Friday night game. I've got the Brisbane Broncos bouncing back against the Bulldogs. Saturday afternoon football, I've got the Cowboys Upsetting the, the woeful Gold Coast Titans. I've got the Rabbitohs on Saturday night being the West Tigers. My Sunday games, I've got the Eels being too strong for the Knights and Penrith being too strong for Canberra. And on the traditional Anzac Day Monday afternoon games, we've got the St. George Yellow Dragons fighting hard but ultimately being outclassed by the Sydney Roosters. And I've got the Melbourne Storm being too strong 
for the New Zealand Warriors. So let's hope I can improve on the 75% this week. As I mentioned, I got an 8 in round 5. 5 out of 8 in round 6. Let's hope we get closer to that perfect round again this weekend. Over to my super coach corner now before I get to my best bets. Uh, in super coach, I think that there's a lot of good opportunities this week. I mentioned it last week, but Blake Taff, it's his third game this week. He will go up from his 210k starting price this season. And I think a lot of people will be um, compelled to trade Brad Schneider to him. But I think uh, if you want to make some cash, that that without a doubt, Blake Taff's a good pickup. I also think that... Um, that it, there's a few other players that are and cheapies in general that are starting to peak guys like Max King, Josh King, Bo Firma, um, Talangi from the, the Kelman Talangi from the Tigers in terms of price. So it might be a good time to trade those guys out and bring in some fresh faces like Isaiah Papalihi, David Fafida, Nico Hines, Nathan Cleary is only 900k. Um, but I think Taff is the buy of the week, and I think that Nathan Cleary is a must-have at at you know some point during the season for every club. He's 900k, but if you can afford him, bring him in. I personally can't, but um, I think that he is very good VA, and I think that a key part if you're playing head-to-head or even in overall um, this season, uh, this week, is started to boost in the players that you're having on your bench in your 17 come day daytime, because you don't want to have all these cheapies in. You want to start strengthening it up and getting some keepers and some guns in some of those bench positions. So that is my super coach advice for this week. I've only rated... I've only ranked 20,000 this year. It hasn't been the, the greatest year for Supercoach for me, but I'm, I'm starting to get into some form of my team. And, um, you know, the captain of Guffo wasn't a great choice against the Tigers. I thought the Eels would dominate them. That wasn't a B, but uh, hoping to uh, to get over 1,100 this week for sure. All right, well, moving over to my best bets now. And um, I've been looking at it. I don't mind um, the... I don't mind, so I usually do this anyway, but I usually put all my tips in and accumulate it every week. And if you were to put all my tips just head-to-head, 10 bucks on them this week, um, the, the eight games itself pays 20 bucks, and, um, you know, 10 bucks on that, 200 bucks if you just get the eight games right. I think there's a bit of value there. I don't mind that. But for my best bet this week, I think that there is a, one that I really like, and you guys know I like Manly for the upset, and 275 is a really good price if you want to take it. If you don't, I really just like them with the six and a half start at dollar ninety on the line. I think that they won't be getting flogged in this game, Manly. I think that, as I mentioned, I think that fatigue going down to Melbourne and without their two starting props is really going to hurt uh, Cronulla this week, and I think that Manly are going to be well and truly up for the fight, whether they win or not. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, and I think that the six and a half is good. That pays a dollar ninety. I'm also going to put that in with the uh, North Queensland Cowboys at a dollar eighty-five. I think you get two bucks for them yesterday. They've now come into favoritism, but putting both of those two in, you're looking at about three eighty, and I think that is the bet of the week. I think the Cowboys are shoo-ins um, against the Gold Coast Titans, and I like that start for Manly. So those are my better the bets of the week. I hope everybody has a good weekend watching the footy this week. Next week, I'm hopeful to have a guest on. We'll see how that goes. And I'm going to have another classic match replay. But I hope you enjoy your Anzac days. I hope you enjoy your footy this week. Hopefully, I can get a perfect round. And I'll see you guys next time on Steve's NRL Footy Tips.